I'd say Happy New Year, but I'm hoping that I've already said that to you because you've listened to part one of our mini-series when we looked at what the challenges were likely to be in 2022. So that was us putting it out there, all the challenges you know that businesses need to be thinking about. And hopefully this episode, we're, we're going to look at um, how those challenges can be addressed, what actions can be taken to give you guys our thoughts, uh, our insights in, into how, you know, how to combat these challenges. So without further ado, Amy, I think the first challenge that you flagged um, was was the need for businesses to to really focus their minds on on ESG and uh, sustainability in businesses. Yep, yep. So going uh, going green again. Um, so yeah, as you said, we touched on sort of ESG and and sustainability in businesses last time. Um, so essentially, what what can employers do to ensure they are retaining and attracting talent? Um, but though that talent, which basically values sustainability in businesses, um, and I think proactive employers should take this as an opportunity rather than a challenge and use it as an opportunity to look at their workforce structure, their employee relations agenda. Um, One area that seems to be um, sort of talked about a lot um, in relation to ESG and sustainability is looking at your employee terms and uh, benefits to increase sustainability and also to incentivize. Um, So including things that may lower carbon emissions or increase inclusivity and diversity. So one of these things um, that gets talked about quite a lot at the moment is whether employers should look at instead of a normal petrol or or diesel company car whether actually they should consider giving an employee um, an electric vehicle and I know this is something that a lot of people are talking about at the moment and I think you've heard the same haven't you Andy? Yeah absolutely Um, and and one of our listeners actually reached out to us and and asked a, a couple of questions in terms of electric cars and what what obligations there are on businesses well they, they the short answer to that is there is no fixed obligation on a business um but but as you've already touched upon amy the the esg the sustainability of a business all, all these things point in that direction to say well okay how can we look at our our being the business's carbon footprint um you know and and one one way is is to address you know something that's been addressed in society generally uh, in terms of increasing the use of, of electric cars as opposed to petrol or diesel cars so absolutely obviously businesses can look to go out to uh, manufacturers to garages and, and look to put in place deals um for fleets of company cars company vans um, you know, to see see if there can be some incentivization for individuals to go out there and and a get a company car that that is electric, um, or b to use their car allowance to get an electric car. And then the question comes: Well, these cars need charging, and I know that all new houses it's now compulsory that there is a an electric charge point kind of within the house um, or in the garage, and effectively. Who's responsible for that? Who, you know, in terms of the cost? Again, there is no fixed obligation in, in this regard. Um, clearly, it would be in a business's interest um, to to arrange for individuals to be able to charge their car at home. Um, now, question that comes with that, obviously, is that increases the electricity bill and and how that will be dealt with. You know, so these these are issues that all businesses are grappling with, um, and there is no fixed trend certainly that i've seen yet um that says or how you know kind of 
monitors how this is addressed. Realistically, what businesses need to look at is, is, is what is affordable. And actually, from an employee's perspective as well, if, if they take up an electric car, then the tax on that will be significantly less. So it may be that businesses can work with employees so that uh, it's a bit of a win-win scenario for all. Um, mm. You know, but as as ever with these things, that the, the best thing businesses can do is take time, sit down, have a think about it, put in place a robust policy that actually addresses all these issues um, and thinks about them and, and has a written policy as to how this will be done if if individuals do want to or are compelled to take up um, the use of an electric vehicle rather than a petrol or diesel. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think as well, like as you said, the cost of it. It, it it might be something that actually does maybe deter employers a little bit if they're, say, a slightly smaller business and don't necessarily have um, sort of cost sidelines or budgets sort of in place at the moment for things like that for employees. And I suppose that kind of leads me on a little bit. So actually, well, are there any alternatives if you can't kind of give every employee an electric car as a benefit? And I suppose, could you look at providing employees um, who say walk or cycle to the office, um, like a green travel allowance or something? And it employers could maybe look at um, discouraging workers from driving to the office by subjecting them to to maybe like a daily parking fine, although obviously you, you could charge the, the fine to sort of charity <laughs> rather than keeping it as profit. I know that's something that I've kind of seen um, floating around a bit. Um, there was another idea actually as well that I saw, which I thought was quite interesting, which is about looking at giving employees sort of additional holiday entitlement if they choose um, to take their annual leave in the UK rather than traveling abroad. Um, which again is quite interesting and actually potentially issues with that if you've maybe got employees of a different nationality to say English that actually need to travel abroad in their annual leave to see family and things like that. So I think that is an interesting suggestion, but potentially has um, further debate and, and sides to look at with that one. Um, and also employers should also, I think, look at their internal inclusion and diversity practices um, as a whole and just make sure that they are sort of recruiting and retaining diverse talent um, and just ensure that kind of employee welfare is given significant consideration when making decisions. Um, and that might be actually when making procurement decisions as well. So if you're trying to get new business in as an employer and trying to win um, various tenders, actually, what's the impact of those on your employee welfare and just just having a look at that a bit more closely um and as you say and as we always sort of like to advise and give tips on is employers look at your policies and your procedures can they actually be amended to include a greater focus on esg on climate change on sustainability so there's a lot of studies and research out there that currently say that businesses who analyze esg issues and how these issues affect their workforce and take steps to control any risks such as we've sort of gone through today they will be those employers will be best placed to improve profitability but also their reputation for the foreseeable future and in turn that should mean a happier workforce a workforce that is kind of retained um and then again yeah in turn that should improve your profitability as an employer um overall and sort of you're not then being kind of affected by people leaving or anything like that so i think yeah a few sort of things to think about and i think with it it's probably thinking outside the box a little bit going forward again obviously thinking with your sort of employment law ploy, sort of hr cap on every time you think of a suggestion as we just touched on there with maybe giving extra annual leave etc but i think 
you can be quite creative in terms of how you might want to address this in your business. Um, and I think those employees that do take ESG and kind of all things green as an opportunity going forward, rather than perceiving it as a challenge, will really do well this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And 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 equally, you know, it, by focusing on ESG, it doesn't have to come at a cost to the business. Like no. you say, it, it's not you know, it doesn't go hand in hand that by doing these things, it's going to cost the business more money and, and kind of diminish that, you know, kind of the yeah the profits that, that are generated. So, you know, definitely something, you know, to, to see as an opportunity and, and to grasp and, and to move forwards with. Um, so just kind of coming on to uh, what I discussed last time out was the, the great resignation or reshuffle um, yeah. <laughs> as to, you know, kind of how can we address this? You know, well, first and foremost, um, you know, it's not for everyone that, that they are going to look to, you know, quit mm. and change, you know, change their job and, you know, change their industry or everything else. So, you know, let, let's not look at it too negatively. Um, you know, and, and essentially what what individuals need to remember um, is is that actually they can take steps, you know, active steps. And, and I'm sure most businesses would welcome those active steps if it, if it meant they, they weren't going to leave, um, you know, so that their their job, their current role, um, you know, reflects what, what they want from life, what they want from their job uh, going forward, you know. So it, it may well be something that's worth you know, kind of going to your manager, um, you know, renegotiating a role, rene- renegotiating pay, um, you know, so that th- there isn't this mass resignation, um, you know, kind of, and an, an actually, you know, effectively, what, what else can you do? Well, you can take a, take advantage of, of, you know, kind of any restructure that needs to happen in the workplace, um, mentor new colleagues, you know, so that they they fully understand the options that are available to them. Um, you know, because if you can keep somebody within the business and they're an asset to that business, then why not? Why not try and take on board what their desires and wishes are? So that's something, you know, kind of hopefully would would be, you know, most employees will be comfortable you know, speaking about their future and what they want and, and, and that culture does exist within organizations. But if it doesn't, then perhaps that's something that a business may need to address, um, you know, so that their staff do feel comfortable having those conversations. Um, you know, and, and then employers can also, you know, do their bit. Um, you know, there's, 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 there's basics, which obviously all businesses should be looking to do, whether that's, you know, paying workers the living wage, ensuring working conditions are safe, and ours are humane, um, that people aren't just feeling like they're slaves and never away from their desk. Um, you know, so it sounds very simple, but you know, there, there are employers out there that perhaps aren't getting the basics right. Um, you know, so a- addressing the issues from the bottom up, um, you know, kind of is always a good idea to get the basics right, get your foundations in place, and, and then you can work from there. And I think it goes without saying that employers are going to have to be flexible. They have been flexible over the last 18 months. There's no two ways about it. It's been embraced uh, and, and it's how, how it can be modified, how it, how it can be improved, I guess, to, to make the working experience as positive as it can be with your organisation. There are some employees that that want the ability to to live their whole life from the workplace. You know, make sure the showers, massage chairs, nap pods in the office, um, pets. Bring your pet to work day. Um, you know, kind of the, these are all little things that you know perhaps wouldn't be the reason for somebody resigning. Um, but 
you know, kind of these little things all add up uh, and creating that employee engagement, um, you know, kind of can be done by these, you know, small and, and kind of I reiterate that these aren't don't have to be huge costs to the business. Um, you know, kind of it's just thinking about the employees, making sure they're engaged. Um, you know, so some people want to come into work. Um, you know, and, and can you incentivize them to come in now? Because others don't, you know, it, it may be subsidized food or it may be, you know, fresh fruits in the workplace, um, you know, to, to get that human connection, getting people back into the office. Um, you know, th there's all sorts of challenges to businesses, um, but, you know, kind of how the business or what culture it creates can be, can be so, so important uh, in terms of, having a positive culture and making sure that the, the, the great resignation um, doesn't affect your business more than it should. And then the, the other kind of proactive way, because, you know, kind of managers may have to deal with resignations. Um, so managers may, may well need upskilling on this um, so that managers, you know, know how to handle this, don't feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, they, they understand you know, what they need to do, what needs to be put in writing, what doesn't, what process will be followed, um, and whether actually a, a conversation can be had to to change that individual's mind. Now, you know, kind of some some people resign reluctantly. Some people, you're never going to change their mind. They, you know, they've got the new role, they're out the door, you know, and there's no changing of their mind. Some are doing it um, very reluctantly. Uh, and it may be that by having a conversation, you can change that individual's mind. And, and as so long as that mind is being changed for the right reasons, um, then that has to be a positive as well. Uh, because, you know, kind of going back to episode one of these mini series, you know, it takes 28 weeks to upskill a new employee. And, and that comes at an average cost of, of, of nearly £25,000. You know, so we, this isn't small fry. If, if you can keep people uh, within your organization, uh, as long as they're the right people, then, you know, it, it's time well spent. It, it is an investment in terms of thought, you know, perhaps resource to some extent, um, you know, but but it perhaps should be offset against that additional cost, which may come your way if, if people do see the door as a revolving one. Amy, hybrid working, I guess I'm, I've alluded mm. to it a little bit in terms of how, how to yeah. keep the workforce happy but you know i know it's something that we suggested was a challenge in part one um so what what are the solutions yeah so it's definitely something that's still on the agenda for this year and i think employers will need to kind of look to manage their workforce's expectations in relation to this especially where sort of you might have some people within your business that can work flexibly and can work on a hybrid basis but you might have some roles um, which don't allow that and obviously you're going to have a little bit of a divide there or some employers completely their, their whole entire business um, needs the employees on site um, and there aren't any roles at all which can be kind of carried out flexibly so I think it's just managing your workforce's expectations and having discussions with them to understand um, what can work, what can't work and why and looking at solutions and alternatives. And I think as always, communication is going to be the key thing for this um, and just keeping that conversation going. And again, it, all, all of these kind of challenges and sort of things we're talking about in terms of resolutions and things to consider they all link in so again if you're talking to your employees about hybrid working and how it can work and 
alternative solutions and stuff. It should mean that employees want to stay and they respect you as an employer that you're willing to come to the table and have that conversation and have a look at what can be done. And again, sort of the other the other thing I highlighted in this section last time was kind of employee perks. And I know we've touched on this actually probably in all of our sections today in the ESG perks. Also, obviously, benefits offered, um, as you were saying, Andy, things like do, do employees actually want massage chairs and nap pods in the office or their pets at work? Um, and something that I've seen quite a few companies doing recently, which I think is quite a good idea, is like a flexible benefit package. So employers might offer a range of benefits to their employees, but they let the employee choose the, the five benefits, for example, that best support them. So it would obviously, different employees are going to have different lifestyles, different backgrounds, different perspectives on what they want. Um, and actually, as an employee, you could offer a whole range of uh, benefits such as it could be private medical, dental, gym membership, support for fertility treatment, uh, additional family leave, access to well-being resources. And you may find that some employees want access to some of those, but not others and vice versa. And I think by giving employees the power to kind of choose the ones that they want, um, I think a lot of employees will like that. And it's definitely something a lot of companies seem to be adopting at the moment um, as well. And then the final one was global mobility. So again, I think in relation to global mobility, sort of the employers uh, keep on top of like latest travel requirements, immigration rules for the individual countries. If you really, really do need people in your workforce to move cross border, then that's um, a good starting point to make sure you're up to date on on the kind of legal requirements that are in place in the, the individual country. It could be COVID requirements as well. Um, given we're obviously still in the pandemic and things are still ongoing and changing. It's just to keep on top of that. Um, and the rules can be quite complex um, with the immigration side of things. And they do, again, change quite unexpectedly at times. So again, if you're not sure, seek, seek advice um, and sort of make sure that you're you're getting it right. Um, and again, for, for that employee's sake as well, because obviously you, you wouldn't want sort of an employee to travel when actually they, they may not have been allowed to travel in principle and they get maybe stranded somewhere or something like that. So definitely seek advice if you're not entirely sure. And again, just as a reminder um, in relation to this topic, so um, Emma Morgan, a partner in our, our Shoesmiths team here, and then David Fisher, a director from Grant Thornton, alongside yourself, Andy, obviously did a podcast on, on global mobility. And this, um, this is really, really helpful, actually, talking about some of these issues and what you can consider and do. So take a listen for, for a bit more detail if this is something that's going to affect your business um, over the next kind of few months and, and this year, really. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's probably the kind of main things and hopefully, hopefully gives a little bit more of a positive spin rather than our, our first episode obviously was a bit not doom and gloom is probably the wrong phrase but <laughs> hopefully now we've given you some some comfort um as to some of these things and actually as we've said throughout today it's seeing things as opportunities i think rather than challenges and then going into 2022 of that mindset i think will will take employers um a long way and sort of ensure that their workforces are kind of there attentive and sort of retaining them in place so yeah no agreed I, you know i think you know kind of agility is a word that 
lots yeah. of organisations have used over the last 18 months. And I think it's, you know, kind of remains relevant going into 2022 as, as a way of addressing issues. Um, you know, we're, we're recording this episode not that long after Christmas and, and the Graham household had to have an agile uh, Christmas because my wife tested positive uh, before we were due to go down to Birmingham to celebrate. So um, that didn't happen uh, and yeah. resulted in muggins here having to run around Leeds doing a Christmas Eve shop to rebuy presents <laughs> that we'd so diligently and organized to be delivered in Birmingham. So, um, you know, that that's a personal, obviously, anecdote to to kind of being agile, but I think it applies to the workplace as well, you know, because flexibility has to work both ways from your workforce. And, and it, it's key that, you know, that culture is created so that so that both employees and employers understand that yes, there's flexibility, but but that's got to work both ways. Um, you know, so it, it's making sure that employees don't suddenly see the new flexibility as this rigid, um, fixed approach which is going to be in place forevermore. So it's um, cultivating that culture, I guess, is is key. Yeah. But it's certainly something that can be done and, and and I suspect the most successful businesses will be those that that can create that environment so um yeah interesting uh I guess Amy let's let's listen back to these uh at the beginning of 2023 <laughs> and see absolutely see how accurate we were with our assessments <laughs> and with our uh, suggested solutions so but you know as ever thank you for listening much appreciated hope like Amy said we we have shed some light on on the potential challenges uh that businesses will encounter in, in, in 2022. Um, but to the extent you want to reach out, um, ask us any queries as ever, please, please do so. Best contact point uh, is email shoespeakhr at shoesmiths.co.uk. Uh, but thanks for listening uh, and we'll look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Andy.